0: All right, come on, how are we doing everybody? You having a good morning? Come on, 10 o'clock, you love Jesus. You love Jesus in the room? Awesome, I want you to get as loud as you possibly can. Help me welcome anyone who's here for the very first time as well as those who are joining us for church online on the other side of the cameras, come on. Can we say welcome to guests and our live stream? Glad you guys are there. If it's your very first time, my name's Michael, I'm the lead pastor here and we're thrilled to get to spend some time with you. This morning, excited to dive into week two of asking for a friend this is a series all about asking some questions that you may say i'm asking for a friend like i need the answer to this but i don't really want to be the one to ask it so i'm asking for a friend you know uh so we're, we're tackling some of those we, last week we talked about what god wants for all of us how to figure out what god wants really shared the vision of our church and what god is asking us to do as a church family and so uh, if you missed that i would love for you to go check that out online and catch up on the message from last weekend really important to who we are as a church and i'm excited to get into week two and the question that we're going to answer today i'll get to that in just a second i do want to just say real quick um as you leave today you guys probably already know this because you saw it on your way in uh in fact some of you may have already partaken but we just for the first time really since covid started we felt brave enough to go ahead and offer a treat come on you know we all used to always do treats on the we we're a treat church like we're a free stuff kind of church so if you all look under your seats there's a hundred dollar bill that i'm just kidding there's but we do have gourmet popsicles in the, in the lobby today as you leave today. So enjoy a treat on the house. We just kind of wanted to celebrate the change in season and back to school and small groups starting and all that kind of stuff. And just thank you to our dream team who's out there serving, giving away popsicles. And the reason they're gourmet is because they're expensive. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> these, we didn't go to the grocery store. We went to an actual popsicle shop and got these. They are, they are they're really good. So hope you enjoy that on us. Hopefully there's a flavor there you can partake in. And if you're worried, I just want you to know church calories never count. And uh, so you just go ahead. Just have at it. All right. Have a good time. Uh, there is one more small group that we've added uh, that will begin tomorrow night. And so I just wanted to make you aware of that. If you need to go check out the groups directory, truelife.church forward slash groups, uh, or you can find it in the True Life Church app. We have added one more fresh start group uh, that you could participate in that'll meet on Monday nights. All right. So another fresh start option that's available to you, which I think Is a great place to start if you want to be in a group, but you're not sure where to go or what what should be the first group you participate in. Check out Fresh Start. That's a great option for you. All right, I'm excited about where we're going today. There's a question that I want to try to answer um, that uh, has been a really a huge part of even my own personal journey, and um, I want to be very clear right up front that. I, there's no way that I can cover everything that we could cover on this topic in a Sunday morning, but I'm gonna do the very best I can to try to give you some, some foundations out of the Bible to answer a question that uh, I know is on everybody's mind pretty much all the time. In fact, we used to do an Easter survey. We'll do it again this next year. We just didn't do last year because of COVID, but every year at Easter, because that's the time when all of you show up, we we, we get information from you, and so, uh, we, we always ask, like, hey, what's on your mind? Or if I could preach a message on any topic to help you, what would it be? And every year, without fail, all of your responses point to the number one thing in my life is, hey, I'm dealing with stress. Like, how do I deal with the stress in my life? And, um, and so that's the question I wanna deal with today as we ask for a friend, like, how should I cope with stress? Is this, is this in the Bible? Does God have anything to say about it? Is, uh, is there anything in Scripture that will help me deal with the stress in my life quick show of hands if you're okay with it if you're not embarrassed by it how many of you at some point would say i have dealt with stress in my life yeah all right so uh the bible has stuff to say about this it's good news i do want to put just a little disclaimer on the front end of this that i am not a therapist uh, i'm not a psychologist i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a mental health professional but i am a mental health patient all right because <laughs> okay all right so um so I, the, the, I, I this is not exhaustive um but what i can do is to tell you what is in the Bible about this and share from some of my own life experiences and, and the accumulation of knowledge that I've learned just counseling people, pastoring people through the years. So I won't give you anything I don't have, but I'll give you everything I do have, all right? Is that fair? And, um, and hopefully it'll be a place that some of us can start to deal with stress in a healthy way, in a God-honoring way in our lives. If what I give you today doesn't seem like it's moving the needle for you, you might need to talk to somebody. You might need to get some help. Um, And that's okay, come on, can I hear an amen, everybody? So there's a lot of stigmas in churches around mental health and emotional health, and I just wanna pull that off of you. Um, We all need help sometimes. I need it, you need it. We all need counseling, that's why one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the counselor. And uh, come on, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit accepts your insurance, you know what I'm saying? Like they take your plan, all right? So, uh, not a therapist, um, but through a combination of studying and scripture and my own spiritual journey, I'm just gonna try to help you out with this, and because it kind of is a serious topic, I wanted to start with a little bit of laughter, so, um, you know, if you can't get to the Bible to get answers, you can always get to the internet, and um, so I wanted to see, like, is there any memes out there that have to deal with stress, and then and, um, and I just want to warn you, the first one maybe you might find slightly offensive, but it wasn't my idea, it was Dan Lundberg's idea, he's our worship director, um, so I just, you know, some of us would say, if I had to rate my stress, I'd say I'm pretty close to 2007 Britney. all right, so. It's so bad, but it's so funny. I would never laugh at your expense, but a celebrity, 100%. All right. Um, no, no, I really wanna give you some practical tools this morning that will help you. So here's one you may not know. Pressing your forehead can help alleviate anxiety and stress in social situations. Did you know that? Go ahead, everybody do it. Just, just, just Yeah. put your finger right there and just, it can do that. And so. Here's here's how a lot of you looked walking in this morning. (laughs) That's funny. I don't care what you say. That's hilarious. All right. Um, And then I just want to give you an alternate plan in case nothing I say helps you this morning. You could treat stress like a dog. If you can't eat it or play with it, pee on it and walk away. All right. Just. if so something stresses you out, you just you know, just, just do whatever, do whatever you gotta do. All right. Uh, Jesus talks about this. He actually, in in the context of talking about the last days, which I think we're some generations gonna be the last days generation. I think we're as close as anybody. And and in the co- context of what the world is gonna be like towards the last days as we approach, approach the time of Jesus' return, he says, be careful. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down. That's what stress does to us, right? Your hearts are gonna be weighed down with carousing, and, in, and actually in the, when I read carousing, I think partying and stuff. In the Greek, this word more accurately translates to self-medicating. So like, you're gonna be trying to fix yourself, and you're gonna be trying to get your stress, you're gonna have a whole bunch of self-prescribed coping mechanisms and they won't actually work, they're just gonna weigh you down. Drunkenness and the anxieties of life. I mean, no life will give you some anxiety? Um, just all you need is about 10 minutes of the news, right? And you're gonna be like, ah! 10 minutes on social media, ah! It just, it just doesn't take much. And if we're not careful, it'll weigh us down. If we don't know how to handle stress, if we don't know how God sees stress, then, then we won't process it correctly and um, it'll do a lot of damage to us. And so uh, I, I wanna kinda use this as just a, just a warning today because you, you're gonna deal with stress at some point in your life. And it's important that we, that we handle it the right way. And I, I wanna start by just encouraging you a little bit and, and just, I just wanna make some validating statements, all right? I just wanna validate this for some of you. Especially because, again, in church circles oftentimes there's stigmas associated with this kind of thing. And so I just need you to hear it from me as your pastor this morning. A few statements I want to make to you. You can f- write these down if you're following along in your notes. Is, here's the first one. I just I want to validate this morning that stress is real. It's real. It's a real thing. All right? Life is going to exert pressure on you. And I'm not sure that there's anything you can do uh, to keep that from happening. Um... And here, I just want to help you know. Maybe, you're, maybe you're dealing with stress and you don't even realize it. Because, what what I found about myself, and as I talk to some mental health professionals and get counsel on these topics, what what people have a tendency to do is actually normalize what they're dealing with. And we say things to ourselves like, "Well, everybody has their thing. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's dealing with something," which is true. But just because just because everybody has something doesn't mean that you just put your head down and plow through it without dealing with what's really going on in your life. And so I want to validate stress is real. And here's some symptoms by the way, uh, because the, the APA, the American Psychological Association says that stress will actually manifest itself in your life physically. So like your physical body will start to respond to the stress, the mental stress that you're dealing with. This is what I felt about five years into our church when I was sitting in a cardiologist's office with chest pain thinking that I was having heart issues and and they said to me, no, your your heart's fine. You need to go take a vacation. You need to take a break. So stress is real. Here's here's some of the symptoms. Uh, Irritability, come on. (laughs) Somebody getting elbowed right now this morning. You were being stressful on the way to church today. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many many of y'all just getting your kids dressed for church, right? You're like, just... I don't, just put a, I don't care if your shoes match at this point, I just wanna get in the car. Let's just go, let's just go. So we get, this is irritability, um, I've learned this about myself. So Sundays are immensely fun for me and at the same time, they, they create a fair amount of stress because I'm, I want the weekend to be good for everybody. I just, I feel pressure around the, the weekend being, being great for everybody, especially the guests. So I don't take important meetings on Monday. Because I'm replaying Sunday in my head, and I'm I'm celebrating wins, but I'm also seeing everything that I wanted better, and it it'll make me a little. So I just don't I don't want somebody to be like coming to me and be like, Pastor, can you pray with me? And I just be, you don't need prayer. You you're what you just need, you know, because I could, I could go there. All right. So irritability can turn to anger. Come on. Um, fatigue. You just feeling like, man, I just no matter what I do, I just I don't have energy, muscle pain, uh, digestive troubles. I'm not going to make anyone raise your hand this morning. Um, <laughs> even difficulty breathing. Right. So that was me uh, about five years into our church. It was. I thought I'm having a heart attack. Um, so if you're manifesting any of these, it's possible it's another medical issue, but it, it's also possible that it's just it's stress. It's stress. And I want to encourage you with something. As you read this list—irritability, anger, fatigue, muscle pain, digestive troubles, difficulty breathing—I want to give you some good news. None of those are sin. None of those have God looking at you, going, "What is wrong with you? What, why? Why?" Uh, even anger. Anger. The Bible. Bible says anger is not sin. It says, "In your anger, do not sin." So don't be dealing with so much stress that you get angry and run people off the road. Come on, I haven't done that yet. Come on, irritability, anger, fatigue. So, so if you're dealing with these, these aren't sin. Now, if you don't figure out how to deal with these correctly, you probably will sin. You'll, you'll probably turn to sin as a coping mechanism. But none of these should bring shame or condemnation on us. That's, that's not what any of us should be feeling this morning. But what I hope you do have is, is a time, uh, just a moment of reflection. To go, hey, I, which of these are on my list right now? Because stress is real. And um, even in the Bible, we see Mary and Martha, they're having a party, and they're, they're hanging out, and, and Mary's just enjoying the party. She's enjoying being with Jesus, and Martha is stressed out she's making sure that the drinks are full and the ice is full and the snacks are full and the house is clean and everything looks right and smells right. And so Martha, she's just all caught up in the details and she gets frustrated that nobody else is stressing out like she is. And, and the Lord says to her, Jesus says to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset. How many of us are spending too much of our life worried and upset over all these details? There is only one thing, Jesus says, worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. And of course, if you, if you read the story, you know what Mary was doing. She's just enjoying the chance to be with Jesus. So listen, I realize you've got to have a job, you've got to pay bills, you've got to provide housing, you've got to clothe yourselves and your family, you've got to have meals to eat, all, all that kind of stuff. But one of the reasons I think we get stressed out is because we forget to just be with Jesus who by the way promises that he's looking out for all of these things for us and we, we forget to keep ourselves just in the in the presence of God in the presence of Jesus and wanting what he wants letting him care for our worldly needs a little bit more than we we tend to take all of that care and responsibility on ourselves and then we stress out about it and Jesus is like hey um, what are you doing I told you I'd take care of that let me have it so stress is real Um, and and that word actually this word concerned in the Greek I just wanted to point that out he said there's only one thing worth being concerned about and and um, he actually it actually means like like this need to do things there's really only one thing that you should feel a need towards and that's being with Jesus all right so uh, stress is real Um, I also want to validate that it's normal so, 100% of us will experience the sensation of stress or sensations of stress at some point in our lives. Say amen if you've experienced it. All right, so even Jesus experienced stress. Before going to the cross, the Bible says he, he was praying and, and sweat. He was, he was sweating so hard that droplets of blood were in his sweat. I mean, that's just, which is medically proven, by the way, that can happen under immense amounts of stress. And he says, God, if there's any other way, can we do it a different way? Can this cup pass from me? Jesus, he identifies with your stress. It's normal. All right? Aren't you glad that God's not up in heaven going, what? What is stress? No, Jesus knows exactly what your stress feels like. Uh, The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of your New Testament, he talked about stress, 2 Corinthians 4, he says, hey, we're, we're pressed, we're overwhelmed. We're on, there's this pressure on every side by troubles, and, and we're perplexed, like, that's been me. Like, why do, I don't even know why I feel this way. I know I'm feeling stressed out, I can't even, I can't even articulate why well, it's confusing. Come on, stress can be confusing, can't it? Like, just trying to put your finger on it, understand what's going on. But I think Paul did understand some things that helped him keep from breaking under the pressure of stress. That's what stress, stress is pressure, You're gonna have some in your life, right? So, and you wanna bounce back, and and you you wanna have some flex, but too much or not coping with it in a healthy way, and you're gonna break under the pressure. So I think Paul knew this, and I wanna just encourage you with this this morning, that God does care about your stress. Aren't you thankful for that? He cares. He cares about what you're feeling. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about the decisions you're trying to make. I wanna go back to that same passage from Paul in 2 Corinthians, because I, I took some of it out. Let me show you the whole thing. He says, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. In the first service, I tried to have everybody say the word, but, but they're all too immature. <laughs> so they kept seeing the 2T, but, instead of the 1T, but, and so I'm like, come on, everybody say troubles, and they're like, but. <laughs> Like, seriously, they're adults, like grownups. So I'm not, I don't even trust you guys. We're not even gonna try it. Come on, we're, we're, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed, Paul says. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. That's what I want for you. Uh, David said, I, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me. Can I just tell you this morning, Jesus has answers for you. In your stress, in, in the, the, the cares of this life, and the things that are pressing in on you and making you feel overwhelmed, can I just encourage you this morning, Jesus has answers for you. He's got answers for you. I'm going to try to give you some of them this morning. And I think, I think one of the reasons why we don't ever learn to cope correctly is because we just keep, going through life dealing with the our emotional responses to things. and so I want to just get into a little bit of uh, psychology this morning, a little bit of science, some things that are actually that they've proven now by studying the human brain and I love this. I love when the science proves the Bible right. come on y'all I, just, I love it. And so I don't know if you know this about yourself, but the, but here's how your, your brain works. You've got, you've got a frontal cortex and, the, and a, another cortex and I don't know how many cortexes there are total, but I know this much that that the part of your brain that feels emotion so the part of you that gets emotional sad angry frustrated excited happy everything you experience in your life activates that part of your brain first right so that's why when somebody cuts you off on the road it's very difficult to go I should hit my brakes I'll just tap my brakes because that would be logical very reasonable I'll just tap my brakes and put a safe distance between the two of us that's not what you're doing is it no you're like what the you you're making up your own language and right doing sign language and all kinds of stuff why cuz that emotional part of you experiences everything first it's the same part of you that's wired for survival so there's a there's a survival primal part of your brain and then there's kind of the sage reasonable logical part of your brain and everything you experience hits that primal survival emotional part of your brain first and most of us deal with our stress by responding to its emotional impact with whatever comes into that primal survival part of our brain first we never make it to the logical thinking part of our brain and so we just go into what uh, Pastor Kerry Newhoff calls the stress spiral. Because we just, we're, just, we're bouncing from emotion to, emotion to emotion to emotion to emotion, never thinking about what's actually happening and coming up with a healthy response to it. And that's why somebody who uh, has, has been a huge help to me um, said this to me uh, early on in one of our first conversations, and I have found it to be incredibly true. Uh, Nancy Houston says, humans are emotional beings who occasionally think. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? And so here's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to stop for a minute, examine what the Bible says, and just, and think. Let's think. How would God want us to respond to stress in our lives? And so I'm gonna give you just a few steps, a little plan that's kind of been helping me. I hope it'll work for you. But here's some things that I've found to be true. If I want to deal with stress in a healthy way, the first thing that I have to do is what I call, name it. Name it. In other words, I have to figure out what's causing my stress. I need clarity about that. I need clarity about that, because uh, a lot of us are feeling stress, but we don't even know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's coming from. It's, it's flying under the radar. I grew up in the Midwest, Kansas City, Missouri, in middle school my parents uh, got divorced and my dad moved about 45 minutes east uh, to a town called Warrensburg Missouri which is right next to Knob Noster home to Whiteman Air Force Base and Whiteman Air Force Base is home base for the B2 stealth bomber which as a kid growing up in the 90s that was like brand new technology It was a big deal and it was it, I mean like seeing a B2 fly over was like almost like seeing an alien spaceship all right it was like it was just cool Come on, it's just cool. I mean, the Air Force is cool anyway. I mean, flying around and doing the stuff that they do. Come on, can I just get some agreement? That's cool, that's crazy. All all the military's cool, but I just was always drawn to the stuff in the air. I just thought that was awesome. And so occasionally when we were in Warrensburg, we would see a B-2 fly over. It's just crazy. This didn't even look like it should be in the air. And if you remember, if you're old enough to remember around then, stealth was, I mean, it's still a huge part of our military strategy. But what is stealth really about? It's about that, that aircraft's ability to get into enemy territory, drop its payload, do the work that it's there to do, and get out of enemy territory without ever being detected, without the enemy knowing that it was there, right? That's stealth. It's, we really don't want it to show up on the radar screen at all. And I think, um, I think the enemy of our soul has done a masterful job of using stress in our society to kind of fly in, fly out, fly in, fly out. And I want to be clear here, because I'm talking about the enemy. I want you to, some of us need to correct our language, okay? So some of us start feeling stress and we start saying things like, oh, the enemy's just attacking me. Well, no, he's not. He doesn't need to. Because you have fallen victim to the systems of this world the definitions of success that exist in our world, you're chasing the carrot, and that's creating stress for you. Like the enemy didn't have to do anything except just set up his systems in our society, and every time you participate in it, you feel the stress that comes from, so he's not actually attacking you, you're just participating in his systems, and the end result is stressing you out. You all tracking with me this morning? So it's not a personal attack on you, it's the system of our world that we live in. And so it's, it flies in, it flies out, it flies in and it flies out. And, and I, I've just found for me, if I'm gonna deal with stress, I ha, it, I, it can't be stealth anymore. I gotta come up with some technology that helps me see what's actually going on here. By the way, that is one of his strategies. Uh, Paul says, I'm not surprised, even Satan disguises himself, he's stealthy, as an angel of light. So what does he do? What, what, what has happened in our society? Well, we, we buy into these ideas that if I make a little bit more money, that's good. That'll be good for my family. That'll be good for all of us. If I have a little bit bigger house, that's good. If I have a little bit better title at work, that's good. If I take a few more credit hours, that's good. If I have a few more degrees, that's good. If I drive a little bit nicer car, that's good. If I buy nicer clothes, that's good. And so we buy into this, these systems of our world. And really, on their on their own, none of those things are terribly bad except when our pursuit of them leads us to a place of unhealth and stress and being overwhelmed and overcome. Uh, I want to, again, I just want to use science to prove the Bible right. Uh, the APA says there are five in America uh, key stress triggers. So I want to help you this morning name it. If you're dealing with stress, I want you to be able to put a name on it. And there's a pretty good chance that these are the top five in America. These are the top five stress triggers in America based on the research. Now there's more on the list, but I think there's a pretty good chance that for you one of your stress triggers is probably on this list. And they say the top five are number five, and I'm going in order from five to one. Uh, the fifth most common stress trigger for people in America is our schedules. Our schedules. So this, this might be the thing that's creating stress in your life. and really when your schedule is creating stress in your life, what it probably means is you're just saying yes too much. You're just saying yes too much. Yes, I'll go to the party. Yes, I'll, I'll be at that event. Yes, I'll take on that extra project. Yes, we'll play another league of, uh, we'll, we'll get signed up for three sports leagues this fall with our kids. Yes, 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 yes. We just, we just say yes too much. So I think one of the greatest gifts I could give you this morning would be for you to learn a a word that exists in the English language that you probably don't know you're allowed to use for yourself. Parents know about it because we know we can use it for our kids, but we didn't know you're allowed to use it for yourself. Uh, It's a a two-letter word and it's it's pronounced no. You're allowed to say no. Did you know that? You're allowed to say no to things? Come on, let's just practice because I know some of you have probably never said the word ever. Uh, in your adult life, so on the count of three, we're all gonna say the word no together. Ready, one, two, three. No. Did, did, you, did you know you could do that? Did you know you could do that? Do you know when, when something tries to get into your schedule, you're allowed to say, mm, nah, nope, can't be there, sorry, won't make it to that event, I'm sorry, here, here I, I use this one. I'm sorry, we have a previous engagement. What is it? My sofa. I have a previous engagement with my sofa, because it's important that my schedule just not be full with what everybody else wants. And we keep making ourselves more and more accessible to it, by the way, did you know that? Did You ever notice that electronic communication is sent at the convenience of the sender, not the recipient? Right? And then we feel this, like we're compelled, like, oh my gosh, I have to respond. I gotta respond to the text. I've gotta respond to the email. Somebody tagged me. Somebody tagged me, I have to comment. I have to go comment right now. Somebody, somebody, I've got a new follower, I've gotta let that. No. You ain't gotta. In fact, I've said no, pretty much across the board to social media, and I can't tell you how much happier I am. Just say no. No. Can I give you that gift this morning? I think if I I could help any of you this morning, it'd be to give you the gift of no. You need to say no to some stuff. They say the fourth most common stress trigger is how we handle our pain. Uh, It Could be physical pain, could be mental, emotional pain, but a lot of us don't handle our pain in healthy ways and that elevates our stress levels. Uh, the third most common is our relationships and our family. <laughs> Come on, marriage is not stressful, ever. Dating's not stressful. Friendships are never stressful. Come on, somebody, right? They're especially stressful in this new generation. I can't tell you the n- the number of times that I have talked to someone uh, who's in their early twenties, late teens, early twenties, and they're like, um, "I'm interested in a person of the opposite sex who is also single." What do I do? Should I at them? Should I friend request them? Should I tag them in a post? And I'm like, are you ever in the same room as them? They're like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, don't do any of those things. Walk up to them and say, hi. Hello. And they're going to be like, what is this verbal communication that we're participating in together? what is this? What are we doing? Which is a perfect opportunity, you know, if you want to be slick, you'd be like, yeah, I know, it's not normal, but I just had a feeling that if your voice sounded as good as you looked, that it would be worth taking the risk. If I did friend request you, would you say yes? Come on, I'm trying to help you out this morning. All right. That's how my generation did it. Hi. If I call your house, will your parents let you use the house phone? That's my generation. That's my gen- if you were rich, you had a second line. Come on. With call waiting. Those were the days. All right. A lot of us aren't handling our relationships, our family in a healthy way and so that's that's creating stress the number two most common stress trigger in America is work uh, yeah anybody come on can work be stressful absolutely it can uh, unless you work here you're not allowed to amen this <laughs> my staff you're not allowed <laughs> no it, it is it can be it can be stressful I know, I've seen my staff it can be super stressful. even our team leaders who don't work here it can the work of ministry can be stressful when one of your dream teamers declines to serve for the 10 o'clock service at 930 a.m. that Sunday that can be that can be stressful then you're praying you're like God how do I love them right now I know that they're fine they're just hung over how do I love them right now God how do I love them It can work work can be work can be stressful the number one stress trigger in America according to the APA is uh, money finances which I think is because we've all bought into the idea that the American dream means to have a lot of stuff. It doesn't, but that's what we think. And so we've, we've, we've redefined the pursuit of happiness as the pursuit of stuff. And um, this idea of financial security, which by the way is a myth, it's non-existent. There's no such thing. There's only one form of security, that's having the security of your soul in relationship with Jesus. Come on, y'all, that's it, that's all there is so you need to name it you need to know what your triggers are what's creating stress in your life you probably have one on this list if you don't you need to figure out what yours are and figure out how you're gonna deal with it I just want to give you a little one more little nugget on this idea of naming your stress because what we tend to do is in all of these areas we, we identify things that's good And so we pursue them or we say yes to them and then we end up dealing with stress in our life. So I just need you to understand this morning, one of the most powerful things that helped me mature as as an adult and certainly as a Christ follower was understanding that not all good opportunities are God opportunities. So sure, you you could get a raise if you take that promotion, but you might never get to see your kids. So is it worth it? Is it worth it? You might have to rearrange your whole family structure, your whole family life, and the relationship that you have with your family might never be the same. Is it worth it? Really? Not all good opportunities are God opportunities. So you got to name it. You got to know what is the thing that I've allowed myself to be convinced that I should pursue, chase, and the disconnect between what I thought was going to happen and what's actually happening is creating all this pressure and stress in my life. And really, you probably just need to throw a lot of that in the garbage and get back to like, hey, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want to do? You've got to name it. You've got to know what your stress triggers are. And then, watch this, y'all. This is how you know when the anointing of God is rolling when you're writing your sermon notes. These rhyme. You've got to claim it. Name it claim it here's what I mean by that you have to take ownership of your own emotional physical and mental health you don't have to have all the answers on how to fix it but nobody can make you fix it you you have to decide you know what I'm tired of being stressed out all the time I want to do something different I want to do something about this I'm gonna help you with that that's the last part of our message I think is the best stuff here in just a second but how, how do I take responsibility So how do I I decide? Like, you know what, I am. I'm gonna do the work of figuring out what's causing stress in my life. I'm gonna gonna figure out how to name it. How do I do that? How do I get wisdom around that? I I don't think I have all the answers for this for you, but I do have one pretty big one. James chapter one, verse five says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Like, he'll help you. He'll help you figure out how to take ownership of this stuff, and he'll give it to you. He'll not rebuke you, isn't that encouraging? He's not going to rebuke you for asking. Hey, God, I, I realize I've allowed a lot of stress to accumulate in, my, accumulate in my life. I need some wisdom about what I do to get out of this. How, how, do, I, how do I do? What do I do? And he, he'll go, I'm so glad you're asking. I really want to help you with that. Really want to help you with that. Name it. Claim it so that. Because, listen, you'll never be able to completely eliminate stress. The goal of the message today is not to eliminate stress. Stress is a human part of human life, right? It's normal. It's real and it's normal. God cares about it. And what he can help us do is, it's going to rhyme. Watch this. Tame it. Y'all are cheating ahead on your notes, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> I'm going to take that app away. I'm going to take it away. I'm going I'm to make it so that you, I will find a way. Name it, claim, come on, how many would like to be able to at least tame your stress? Like, at least get it under control, right? Wouldn't that be great? All right, so I just have four things that I'm learning, and there's probably more that could be on this list. Four things I'm learning are incredibly important to taming stress, coping with stress in healthy ways. Here's the first one. I've learned I have to take time to rest. Take time to rest. Just, just rest, you just gotta rest. Some of us never rest. You never rest, and that's, I know some of you are saying like, oh, "No, I sleep every night." No, no, no. that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you, you you need you need to figure out how to have moments in your life. I think one day a week, the principle of the Sabbath. I think still, I, I protect my Sabbath like crazy. I don't know if y'all know this, but I work on weekends, so Friday is my Sabbath, and we have strict rules. We don't talk about church on Fridays unless the unless there's like an extreme emergency like a death or a, a grave situation or you know if the building was on fire I wouldn't be like sorry Sabbath I, w- I mean I would I would respond to that but I, I but we have strict rules we don't talk about it we don't solve problems um, we just we turn that I don't look at emails or texts or anything it's just rest You gotta have rest and then we we've started prioritizing rest in our our annual schedule in fact we'll we'll do a sabbatical for the first time ever next year at the, at the advice of our overseers because um, they want to see us make it the long haul um, and so you got to you got to have rest you got to have rest you got to have rest I had somebody say something to me recently that at first I was like I don't know if I like what you're saying to me Some, somebody in our church came up to me and my, my wife and said hey I just need you to know the best thing that you've ever done for me as my pastors is leave for four weeks. I was like, what? I mean, like I'm waiting for it. Like, yeah, everybody who preached while you were away was better. The church grew while you were gone, which it did. Um, But that wasn't what they said. They said, "I, I work all the time. I never rest. You modeled rest for me. I was like, "Wow, okay. Would you like me to leave again?" Then <laughs> go right now. I just look at the camper. I'll go. You've got to take time to rest if you want to deal with stress correctly. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary, you're stressed out, you're carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you." Everybody say it. Rest. Oh, you did it right. You said it right too. In the first service, somebody said it angry. I was like, everybody say rest, and somebody's like, rest! I'm, that's, no, that's, you clearly need some. <laughs> come on, come on, count of three one more time, just say rest, one, two, three, rest. Yeah, you gotta have it, you gotta have some rest. You gotta have some rest. Did, did you, there's this moment in the, in the Gospels where Jesus takes the disciples, breaks them up into teams, and sends them out to do ministry. Go preach the Gospel, go tell the good news, go pray for people, go do all of that. Then in Mark chapter six, verse 30, they recur, They come back, they're done. The, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go, let's get out of here, off by ourselves to a quiet place, and everybody say it again, rest for a while. He said this, watch this, because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now that's not my problem, I clearly have made time to eat, but but here's what strikes me about this. So many people coming and going. In other words, I think Jesus could have said to his apostles, to his disciples in that moment, guys, I know we're all hungry, and I know we're all tired, but look at all these hurting people. Look at all the miracles we need to do, Look at all the counseling we need to do. L- look at all the preaching we need to do. Guys, we gotta keep working. We gotta keep going. Cause you know, heaven and hell are in the balance. Like I think Jesus could've made that case right then and they probably all would've been like, yeah, you're right, Jesus, let's go. Come on, we'll just do another loaves and fishes moment. Let's just, and we'll, get, we'll grind through it and we'll keep going. But I want you to notice, Jesus says no to the ministry opportunity to go take a nap. Jesus says no to the opportunity to keep grinding, keep going, to take his disciples and model rest. I want you to even think of the creation account. What did God do at the end of the creation? He took a day of rest, rest. If God needs to rest, don't you? Like some of us are living our lives, and I know that in your heart you don't think this, but we're living our lives as if we're better than God. Because we never rest. And you're not, by the way, just in case you're wondering, you're not. Could have kept doing ministry, but he stopped. I, I love this, Psalm chapter 127, verse two. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, For he gives to his beloved, everybody say it, sleep, yes. Here's your assignment. Your pastor's telling you today, if you love Jesus, go home and take a nap. Take a nap. Or at least go to bed a little early tonight, all right? I I can't because my team has the late game. I'll, I'll sleep in a little tomorrow, all right? So rest, take a nap, take a nap, take a nap. Take a nap. All right, here's the next one. I'm gonna speed up. So we need rest. Then I want you to choose healthy rhythms. You're gonna have to get your rhythm figured out. Some of us don't have healthy rhythms in our lives. I want my my volunteers to come up here now. Uh, I know some of you talked to Jared before service, so just come on, run up here as quick as you can. Quick, quick, quick. I got some people who are coming to help me illustrate this point. Yeah, we just built steps on both sides of the stage, so you guys got to use those. Come on, isn't that awesome? All right, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to just kind of make a line right there. Yep, make a line right there. Hi, Hi. what's up, how you doing? Good. I don't remember all of your names, so let's let everybody know who you are. TJ, TJ. Hannah. Hannah, Desi, Desi. Desi. Nikki. Nikki. Come on, give them all a hand, everybody. They're helping me with this. Any of you guys know what this is? What, this is a metronome. Are any of you musicians? No? <laughs> all right, I was just trying to recruit. All right, so um, vocalists, singers, no? come on guys all right all right but you do know what a metronome is all right so that's awesome so for those of you don't know a metronome is just a tool that musicians use to set a rhythm to set a tempo all right so we're gonna start first just by ourselves I'm gonna I'm gonna let this arm. you're gonna see this this arm swing back and forth and um, y'all ever like been a part of a choir or like a gospel choir or seen a gospel choir anybody know what that is all right, so, so gospel, come on, anybody like gospel music in the house, right? So a gospel choir would sway to the rhythm, right? Like that, they kind of sway back and forth. I did this with three little middle school white kids in the first service and it didn't go well because they all went like this, all right? So gospel choir, you kind of like, you know what I'm saying, all right? So I want you guys to just tr- try to get a little sway. I want you to follow this arm back and forth, all right? So can you get a little sway going? Come on, yeah, just a little sway. Come on, a little more, get a little more in it. There you go, there you go. Come on, aren't they awesome? First ever gospel choir at True Left Church. Right there, everybody. All right, now I want you to start singing. No, I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna do that to you. All right, so it's just a little sway going back and forth. All right, now let's just, let's, let's pick up this pace a little bit, all right? Can you, yeah, see that looks, that doesn't feel right, does it? All right, you can stop, I realize that's embarrassing. All right, uh, let, let, let's try this again, because here's what I've noticed. Uh, My tempo, my rhythm, my pace has a lot to do with whether or not I'm doing life alone or with other people. So I'd like you, if if y'all are comfortable with this, I know we got a pandemic and everything, but none of you are wearing masks, so I assume you're not super concerned or you're vaccinated or whatever. Would you be comfortable just locking arms with each other? Would that be weird? Maybe you're single and you're interested right now, and this could be your moment. All right. All right, so, (laughs) that's your brother, that's, ew. So sorry. I apologize. Do you want to switch spots? I mean, this is your chance. Alright, so alright. <laughs> My bad. Just gonna scratch that for the next service. Alright, we'll make that, we'll make that comment. Alright. Uh, so we're gonna try this again because I want you to sway as a group. Alright, so I want you to just try to stay in rhythm as a group. Come on, can you just all right here, let's just let's just see what this looks like if we're. Can you do that? Yeah, that's, that's, here, let's, let's it's just weird, isn't it? Okay, all right, sorry, I'm, all right, let's try this, let's try this, come on. Yeah, that feels right, doesn't it? It's just kind of, mmm, mmm. All right, good stuff. All right, give him a hand, everybody. You guys are awesome, thank you so much. Um, hey, here's what I'm trying to show you. Some some of us are living our life at this tempo. This is you every day and you don't realize it, but you look ridiculous. You're like going to work, kids got baseball, soccer, said yes to that, said yes to this, said yes to, and your rhythm is crazy and you're moving so fast you can't even, you can't even do it connected to anybody else. Did you notice how hard it was? For them to stay in sync with each other at a higher tempo but but if we if we set our tempo to something more reasonable, see that is this feels better like I don't even like hearing it at that higher speed it's just stressful hearing it go tick 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 isn't it stressful but that's not it's like ah, oh. yeah right just and then. At this pace, I can actually do life with others. I can actually share life with other people. So you gotta get your rhythms right. You gotta evaluate your rhythms. That's why the Bible says that in Ecclesiastes, I got ahead of myself. Oh no, I think somebody bumped the screen. Ecclesiastes 9-11, I have observed something else under the sun, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. Come on, this is good preaching, I'm trying to help you with something this morning. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by chance, being in the right place at the right time. What if we would slow down our pace Set a healthy rhythm and learn to trust God to keep us in the right place at the right time. Do you think that could be less stressful? I think it could be. I think it could be. Rhythm. Get your rhythm. Here's the next one stay in the right relationships. You gotta have your rhythm so you can do this. Stay in the right, you gotta be in a small group, gotta. Gotta try to get on a team with somebody making a difference together. Because stress is gonna overwhelm you if you're doing life by yourself. It's gonna overwhelm you. Saw a recent survey that came out. Y'all ready for this? They, they have, they say now that loneliness shortens the human lifespan by up to 26%. It's more deadly than COVID. It's more deadly than alcoholism. It's more deadly than obesity. Loneliness, loneliness. It's one of the biggest killers in our society. And I think it's getting worse because we're going through our life and we're disconnected from each other. We don't have meaningful relationship. And Proverbs tells us that the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. You gotta have some relationships. One of the best things you can do to keep stress at bay is have meaningful friendships that you stay connected in. You, know, you wanna know another gift that some of you would, it would just really help you this morning? Just find a friend, or if you're married, find a spouse. Give him a hug. Just hug each other. My wife and I were kind of forced into this recently. Um, I mean, we hug each other anyway. But Nancy, who I showed you a quote from a second ago, told us if you just if if two spouses, I'm sorry, Carlos, this is going to be weird because you're not my wife. But just stop for a second. Look at me. Just just hug me. Just hu- hug me. Stop being weird, man. Hug me. Okay, there you go. So. If 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 two married people will stand like this for sixty seconds. Alright, get off me, that's weird. Just go. It's not as gross as inviting someone to date their brother. I just I did that today. All right, two married people will stand 60 seconds like that, it's clinically proven to lower your anxiety. Do you know that? And if you do it in front of your kids, it's clinically proven to lower theirs. Some of y'all need to grab a popsicle, wrap up with somebody. After church today, just. All right. Here's the last one, you wanna deal with your stress, you gotta learn to let God's word redirect your thinking. Here's another one, science has proven. Do you know you can't make yourself stop thinking about something? If you say to yourself, don't think about pink elephants, guess what you're gonna think about? Pink elephants. And it doesn't matter how many times you, don't think about that, don't think about it, 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 it. you're gonna think about it. It's the way your brain works. You can't turn it off. But you know what you can do? And like the cutting edge of neuroscience is proving this true right now is what they call a thought redirect. You can redirect your thinking. I actually think this is one of the highest forms of spiritual warfare. Uh, I'm gonna make a book recommendation to you. It's not out yet. You'd have to pre-order it. It's called Live No Lie by Pastor John Mark Comer. And he does an extensive research on this. And talking about the thought redirect and how, remember when when Satan came and tempted Jesus? And Jesus is fasting, he's tired, he's hungry, and Satan comes and tempts him and he says, if you're who you say you are, take this stone right here and turn it into bread. Make it bread. And what does Jesus do? He says, it is written. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. What did Jesus do? He didn't let himself think about the miracle. He didn't let himself imagine the smell of the bread or the taste of the bread or visualize the process of turning the stone to bread. He immediately redirects the thought to what he knows is true from God's word. So when you're feeling stressed, you can't just be like, oh, don't, I, just, I don't wanna think about work. I'm not gonna think about work. I'm not gonna think, think about that tough conversation that's coming. I'm not gonna think about the fight that we just had. Like, just don't think about it, don't think about it. You can't do that. It will not work. And your stress levels will go up. Your anxiety levels will go up. But what you can do is find truth and redirect your thoughts. So I hope you're getting this this morning. This is so good. You can, you can redirect your thought to something healthier, something God-honoring. That's why Paul says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Everybody's stressed out about everything. They're freaking out all the time. And Paul says, you don't have to. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, everybody say it, think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Philippians 4 8, and now dear brothers and sisters, One final thing, this is one of my wife's favorite scriptures. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of, say it, peace will be with you. Wouldn't you like to have that happen? Peace. I don't think she'll mind me telling the story. I recently had a conversation with our Next Gen's director, Whitney, serves on staff here. I love our staff. I mean, we're just, we're hooked up. We have a great team. And they're all married couples, which is kind of cool. Amanda and I, Jared Whitney, Dan and Caitlin. So sometimes it's a staff meeting, sometimes it's marriage counseling. You just never know. But um, she was kind of dealing with something that was creating a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And, and so we're having a conversation and I kind of got agitated, not at her, but at the fact she was having to feel this way. And this, this scripture popped into my head. And I just, I said, "Wit, you, you got to stop chewing on this situation, redirect, go find a teenager, take him out to have a, a hamburger. Go write an encouraging note to somebody on your team. Go serve somebody. Go go send an encouraging text. Go call somebody. Let them know you love them. Find something that aligns with your calling and what you know God has asked you to do with your life and go sink your mind energy and your time into that. It's the thought redirect. And instantly, as soon as I said it, you could kind of feel in the conversation, I mean, I hope she felt this. I felt like this, like, just the weight came off. The burden came. Oh, yeah. I could do that. I can do that. And when we redirect our mind to things that are God-honoring, I think the God of peace comes in, and shores us up, stands us up firm. Would you stand to your feet all across the room this morning? I'm gonna ask you just to bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. And I wanna ask you, do you know the God of peace? Do you know him? Are you in relationship with him? If you don't, you can today. There's no reason to wait another minute. All you need to do is just tell him. Whether you're here in person, listening online, or watching a recording later on, why don't you just say, hey Jesus, I, I wanna know you. I wanna be in relationship with you. I wanna surrender my life to you. I want you to be my Lord. I know that you paid the price for my sins on the cross and I'm so thankful. From this day on, my life is yours. It belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed, keep your eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer with me just now, I want you to listen carefully. When Pastor Perry comes up, he's gonna talk to you about our connection cards. I want you to make sure you use that so we can help you with your next steps. And let me ask a question. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around. How many of you today would say, hey, Michael, I, I, I have a relationship with Jesus, but um, I don't know if I've been experiencing that much peace. I, I could use some peace today. There's been a lot of stress in my world. I need some peace. Would you just just lift a hand up? Just, just let me know that you're in the room. Yep, 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 yep. Don't be shy. Don't be shy about it. Just own it. This is part of the deal. You've got to take ownership of it. Yes. Stress is a thing for me. I see it. And this isn't a cop-out, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. I, I, there's no way I could know all of the different things that are feeding into that today. But God does, and he cares about it. He cares about it. And you can take everything I gave you today, and I think you can apply it, and it'll give you a place to start. But I want to take a minute and just pray for you. I want want there to be a supernatural beginning to your journey out of stress. So Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person who lifted a hand. I feel your presence in this room right now. I feel you. You're here. And I know there are some people in this room right now who need the loving arms of Jesus wrapped around them to be reminded that you've got it. I pray that each and every person in this room right now would sense the peace of a loving God who cares. We're not weird, we're not broken. Stress is normal, it's real, but God, you have a way for us to walk through it. It doesn't have to overwhelm us, it doesn't have to consume us. So I pray, God, today for a real rest. I pray that each and every person in this room would have the best night of sleep they've ever had. I pray that our rhythms, God, we would evaluate them, the pace of our life. Help us to learn to say no to some things. God, our relationships, help us to choose the right ones and leave the wrong ones. And help us to redirect our thoughts to what's true and good and perfect and holy and excellent and right. Help us to get our actions in alignment with our calling and what you want, God. And we thank you that the God of peace will guard our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name.